welcome to Media Plus from the Mac Observer. I take we took a couple of weeks off from our weekly look at uh, the world of digital media and Apple's place within it, but I'm back and I'm very excited with the guest I have today. She was one of the people when I first got into kind of watching tech YouTube and listening to tech podcasts and those things. She was one of the first people uh, that really inspired me to get involved watching Hack 5 and those kind of things back in the day. I think I've just made her feel old, but I'm very, very pleased to have Shannon Moore. So hello, Shannon. How are you? Oh, I feel so old now. <laughs> I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm kind of waiting for Darren to pop up in the background, but I think you've hidden him <laughs> back in his box for the day. Yeah, he's he's, uh, he's back hacking something. Who knows? Let's not ask too many questions about that. Um, <laughs> no, I'm thrilled. I've been trying to get Shannon on for a while, and it's very exciting because now she's coming at me from a very shiny new studio that she's going to tell us all about. But the reason I've been keen to have Shannon on for various reasons, but one of them is... I kind of want to explore the life of a creator. Often on this show, I talk about big media companies and big media productions and global blockbusters and big TV shows and all those kind of things. And actually, some of the most interesting stuff happening in media is being made by independent and smaller creators and producers. And it's and first of all, I think Apple products are a key part of that story. So we can talk about that. And also, it's just a really important part of how the media ecosystem is right now. And there's few better people to tell me about it than Shannon. So first of all, how's it doing? Tell us what you're, how, what you're working on. How's it all going? Very good. Thank you. Uh, I feel like this year and even last year has been a time of change in my life. I moved to Denver, Colorado, and I built this much larger YouTube studio than what I first envisioned when I bought this house. But now I'm completely independent as a content creator. And I've been full-time making YouTube videos for 13 years, but I've worked with some of those big name networks like you were mentioning. Uh, and I think you're right when you said that independent content creators are oftentimes coming out with some of the most influential and most interesting and appealing uh, content that we've been seeing in this day and age. It's very true. And there's a lot of people in independent content creation that I look up to as even though I've been doing this for so long, there's always something new to learn. And it's fascinating how much media has changed even in this past decade, even in the past couple of years. So I really try to keep on top of it. And I've been uh, motivating myself to keep learning, even though I could be considered like one of the veterans at this point. Well, you and I, because we talk about YouTube and podcasts are old school because we, we're too old to make TikToks now, Shannon. So, you know, we're, <laughs> we're past it already. Uh, you know, I've been trying to understand TikTok and I've had to Google so many things to understand how to use. You have to Google it. You're too old for it, I think. It, it's so confusing for me. I use like Adobe Premiere Pro for editing my YouTube videos. And I thought that was hard. TikTok <laughs> is hard. <laughs> But um, talk about the kind of thing. So I mentioned Hack 5 because it's where I first learned about you. That was obviously a show about hacking and that that whole community around hacking and building your own things and creation. But again, kind of looked pretty slick, but independent media company. Talk us through that 13-year journey you, were taught, you referenced. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Hack5 was where I got my start when it comes to content creation. I started um, as a YouTuber creating videos for that channel when it was fairly small in 2008. And I didn't know anything about security or privacy or hacking, even though that's the core focus of that channel is basically hacking and security and privacy information for consumers as well as for people who are hired to do that kind of stuff for for companies. So when I started there, I was completely self-teaching myself everything that I learned about technology and how to create content. I learned a lot from my co-host and from the editor that worked there at the time and the cameraman. So it was a really interesting process to get involved at such an early point in YouTube. Because at that point, YouTube had only been around for three years. It started in 2005. Hack 5 actually started in 2005. And I huh. came on board. Yeah, yeah. I came on board um, just three years later. So it was still a fairly um, immature show when it comes to gaining that professionalism mm-hmm. that Hack 5 now has. However, over time, I, I developed a process and I started understanding exactly who my audience is and who I really want to reach out to with that kind of information. As soon as I started self-teaching myself about security and privacy, I got this huge passion for it. And now I kind of live those morals and those ethics day to day in my real life as well as my career. So now I'm fully independent after working with several different networks and several different channels. I still do like independent self-hosting with other companies whenever they want to hire me for events and stuff like that. But my core focus has been my own personal YouTube channel, which is about tech reviews as well as security and privacy tutorials for consumers. Awesome. And this, I think this, we've, there's lots of different big kind of tech YouTubes. We could name some off the top of our head from, you know, there's the Marcus Brownlee, there's networks like Twit or to our friend Tom Merritt and DTNS and those kind of things. So there's lots of different ways people approach the YouTube thing. Um, not everyone is the try guys with their big studios and kind of <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> elaborate plans. But I think your point about connected with your audience is really important it's one of the things i've always enjoyed about the content you've created it's what i think differentiates the kind of youtubers and in text you know the substack writers and those kind of things from perhaps the more conventional i don't like to say mainstream media because everything is mainstream to some people but you know the more straightforward traditional media outlets that connection with readers and viewers is something that's really important i think to content creators like yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think over the time of my career, I learned, and maybe it took me too long to figure this out, but I learned that I'm not very, I'm not a big fan of being told what to do. So (laughs) you shock me. (laughs) Like having a producer was fine. And usually I had really, really nice producers when I was working at networks and I've always had wonderful co-hosts, but there was a part of me who always wanted to be independent and be my own boss. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes I couldn't do that if I had somebody that I had to answer to when it came to how long your videos have to be or what sponsors you have to take on. So having the independence that I have now, it took a long time but I got to that point and now I feel so much happier and so much more comfortable with what I'm doing because it's what I'm truly passionate about. And it's something that I can truly bring to my audience as often 
as I want to. And when nobody is telling me like, you can only publish this video on Thursday or whatever date yeah, it might be, yeah, yeah. It, it's so nice to just be able to create something and put it out into the world. Um, a little known fact, I used to be in theater when I was a kid uh, <laughs> throughout school. So a part of, I think a part of me has always had a passion for creation and for being artistic. And I'm able to bring out a lot of that creation and art artistry in how I edit my videos and how I create them and how much fun I have on camera. And I always hope that that comes through to my audience because when you see me excited, like hopping up and down on my studio set, that's really me being excited. Like it's, I'm not acting. That's actually how excited I am about unboxing this new phone or whatever it might be. Yeah. I think that's the cool thing people like about independent media and independent reviewers and stuff actually getting a personal take on what people like. And I mean, I know we try and do it at the Mac Observer where we take on product reviews and it's normally we only review products that we're genuinely interested in as, you know, the various writers and make videos of and whatever. And I think that is a really important element to it. But that, was there a bit where you were independent and you were not working with a network anymore and it was all on you? Because that, that must seem really scary because I think for a lot of people that's what you know it's never been easier to create content has it you get a phone which all have amazing cameras in it now and you can start a YouTube channel in minutes and away you go but it's, it's actually the like idea of taking that leap and it's all on you is quite scary I think for some people it certainly would be for me Oh, 100%. It took me years to get confident in front of a camera. And I still have days when I have imposter syndrome. If I read the wrong criticism from somebody who is j Never just doesn't read the like comments. it. Come on, you've done this for long enough. You know not to My, read the comments. <laughs> I will argue that engagement is really important for a YouTube channel's growth. And responding to comments can create a wonderful community. And luckily, I do have a really good, very strong community of supporters. And I'm really, really thankful for that. But now and then, you do randomly like get an email or you see a comment come through on Twitter, wherever it might be. And you you just can't pass it up because you can't... like turn off your eyeballs for a second. <laughs> you can close them, but if you just like are reading words on the screen and you don't know what's coming, you might accidentally read a, a pretty terrible piece that's yeah. directed at you personally, as opposed to your content. And sometimes that does happen, especially if you're like a woman creating we've tech all content. Been there. Yeah. We've all been there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But even you're right. It's like, it's even so much nice kind of readers and listeners. It always happens, doesn't it? Oh my gosh, it's so true. <laughs> but you're right. It's it's so easy to create content now. Um, I pick up my iPhone 12 Pro Max and I stick it on a tripod and I'm able to use that for audio as well as for close-up mm. uh, B-roll which is like secondary footage of all of my, all the tech that I'm showing off. So you can see exactly what I'm talking about. And I love the fact that I have access to that. It's so accessible. Like I can just upload those videos to my Premiere Pro template and be done with it. It's so much easier now to create content than when I first started, but I'm glad that I started when I did because I'm able to take a lot of what I learned early on and implement those into what I know now. And yeah. that makes me a faster content creator, which definitely helps to create more content throughout the week. I, I think that touches us on something I, I wanted to get into because one of the other things I think that is quite foreboding when people 
want to go into this influencer content creator route is quite how much you have to create that no one's going to see and pay attention to until people start paying attention. <laughs> Very true. Um, it's not, you know, been... you, it's, you've not got the backing of an HBO or something where if your show's yeah. on HBO, people are going to watch it. It's, you know, you have to make a lot to get anywhere. It's true. Um, you know, I mentioned I started in 2008. We, I, was not able to go full-time creating content for Hack 5 until 2010. That's when we made enough money that I could quit my day job working at a bank and actually start making content for Hack 5, which was a little awkward since I was like the hacker working at the bank. That was a little weird, but... <laughs> they must have loved you, yeah. I could see how that went. <laughs> they definitely had me use my lock picking set more than once because like a cashier would lock themselves out of their till oh, <laughs> or leave their no. keys at home and they'd be like Shannon please help <laughs> and I'd be like okay but if the camera see me don't fire me <laughs> yeah okay but I didn't do it I didn't do it <laughs> it's but it was good yeah it, but it, it is a how do you think people overcome that idea of how much you have to create to get anywhere I know some things can pick up really quickly some people shoot into the stratosphere one thing goes viral and that's it but but it is it's hard work it's a slog oh a hundred percent it's it's a there are days when i'm so exhausted i don't want to create any content i don't want to write i'm just tired all i want to do is consume content as opposed to create it and when you're constantly creating content for other people you do experience burnout now and then but escaping that burnout is definitely hard to do but it's totally possible and i use a lot of tools online and i use a lot of uh education to teach myself how to get faster at these tools so that when i am creating content it's a quick process and my goal for my independent channel. I've been independent on my personal channel about three years now. Uh, my goal is to make myself a four day work week and have one day per week where I'm doing like errands and household stuff. Cause I own a house now I have to do like lawn care and things, but then have my weekends free so I can actually enjoy my life. I don't want to end up in this, in this hole where I'm constantly creating content every single day that I never get to actually enjoy what I'm putting all of my work into. Yeah. I, I want to look at it over the weekend and be like, man, I'm so proud of myself. Like, look at all this content I made. Look at, you know, the excellent watch time I'm getting on my videos. I can look back at it and just be happy. And then go to brunch. And then go to brunch and have a mimosa. That's right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> we will, we won't discuss mimosas, but I do want to discuss the rest of your content creation process. But first of all, a little word on our sponsor this week, HelloFresh. HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from every week, from vegetarian meals and calorie smart choices to extra special gourmet options. There's something for everyone to enjoy with recipes designed and tested by both professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. HelloFresh offers the flexibility you need to easily customise your order on the app within minutes. Easily change your delivery day, food preferences and plan size or skip a week whenever you need. I've really enjoyed cooking with HelloFresh over the last couple of months. There's a wide variety of dishes available that I've tried and liked, including a delicious chicken and mushroom crumble and Mexican style beef loaded wedges. I've always found the produce to be of really high quality too. 
Go to HelloFresh.com slash 14media and use code 14media for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash 14media and use code 14media for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. Thanks to HelloFresh for supporting this show. So talk us through that content creation process. How does it go from here's a fun thing? Is it literally here's a fun thing I want to talk about? And I think I know my audience well enough to know that they'll uh, be interested in it. Here's my camera, hit record, let's go. How does the actual process go for you? Oh, Charlotte, I wish it was that easy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do take feedback often into consideration when I'm creating my content. And I have an ongoing list of segment ideas that I go back to for evergreen content that people can constantly come back to and watch. That's wonderful for like how-to technical segments that people can easily just look up online and find my video. But I also consider when new tech products are releasing. Since I do reviews, I want to be on top of that. So I I have a content calendar. So I keep track of everything that's upcoming. And then based on that, and based on whenever I want to take time off, I'll create a weekly calendar of what content I need to create and what days I need to create it on. Um, I hate putting on makeup and doing my hair. Like it drives me nuts. I, I prefer to just not ever wear makeup. So okay. <laughs> So Shannon, since this is just you and I, it's fine. We'll just have a little girl girl heart to heart. (laughs) This is a thing men content creators don't have to think about. I think about this when I make our the Mac Observer YouTube videos as well. Even if it's just 10 seconds of you on the screen, that involves a lot of prep time. Uh, I mean, maybe less for you because you have awesome colored hair. (laughs) But I can know from for me, that takes a lot of prep time. Me too. My hair is naturally curly. I straighten it. So I have to deal with that. Sometimes I wear it curly, but I prefer it straight. I think it looks better. Um, I I deal with the makeup. My complexion is not perfect. So I have to do that. Like there's a lot involved that goes into being camera ready as they call it. So yeah, I I try to bulk record all of my content in one day. I'll change my shirt. Sure. But so you don't see the same shirt over like six episodes, but I will absolutely try to bulk record everything in one day. And in order to keep my voice from destroying itself, I'll drink some hot tea with some honey. That was something I learned from my theater days. Um, I will also try to bulk edit everything in one day. So I'll sit at my computer and edit like four or five different videos in one day and hopefully complete that project. Same thing goes for when I'm shooting close-ups of tech that I'm going to be reviewing. I'll try to shoot all of that in one day so that I'm I'm just focusing on one project and I'm not trying to multitask. I'm not trying to switch gears. Okay. I, I found... And part of this was just understanding myself. I found over time that I'm I'm much better at bulk doing a process than switching gears constantly throughout a day. Because once mm-hmm. I get into that focus mode of, you know, just focusing on one specific subject or one specific content creation, um, I'm much faster at getting that thing done. And it does save me a lot of time. So I try to write everything on one day, record and then edit on one day and do all like my post-production and publishing on another day, scheduling videos, uh, creating drafts on TikTok and Instagram, whatever it might be. And that does tend to help when it comes to just saving time and not having to and, and not forgetting anything that's really important about the entire production process. Probably the actual project. I want to talk to you about scripting, actually, 
because obviously your style as a YouTuber is kind of very chatty. It's, you know, you're trying to be informal and connect with your audience. And that's one of the things lots of people like about YouTube and you're particularly good at it. How how do you blend that with actually scripting stuff? Do you actually literally sit down with a keyboard or a pen and pencil and paper and actually write a line by line script that you follow? For It depends on the show. So I have an anime show about Sailor Moon because I'm a nerd. It's a completely separate channel. That one is completely unscripted. Hundred percent, and I just sit down in front of a camera. That's that Shannon Unleashed. Yes, that's Shannon Unleashed. Unleashed talking about <laughs> Sailor Moon because it's an obsession I've had since I was a kid, and nice. there's no nice. there's no technical specific material that I need to remember in order to do that show. So it's really easy for me to just go, you know, off on tangents and discuss Sailor moon merchandise or whatever. I, I have an entire collection room upstairs. It's a whole thing, but that's an entire separate show, which I can Different get done rather quickly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's totally weird. Um, for threat wire, which is on the hack five channel, that show is entirely scripted mm -hmm. because I try to keep it under 10 minutes, but I'm also including three to four different news subjects about security and privacy in a very, very quick, fast paced format. So I want to get that done as fast as possible. And I don't have time to go off on tangents with Morse code or Shannon Morse, which is my my tech YouTube channel where I do reviews and tutorials that show yeah. is partially scripted, but I do allow myself to go off on tangents or to talk about personal experiences with tech or to share little quips in between, because I do like to joke and have fun with my audience. And I want that show to be more relaxed. So when it comes to scripting, I do script and I have my own teleprompter. I've never had anybody else script my shows. That's a huge role for me. I've always done my own scripting. Um, but for some shows, I'll do bullet points. It really just depends on like what kind of material I need to memorize. And if I feel like I can memorize that material or not. And if I need to really focus down on getting the content out quickly. So let's talk then also about the kind of technical setup. You mentioned you've just built a new studio and are settling into that. So tell us about that. First of all, how did the whole building process happen and what's in the studio? What are the media creation tools you use? You've mentioned Adobe Premiere Pro mm -hmm. and an iPhone 12 Pro Max. What, what else are we talking about in your setup? So this was years of... Um, trial and error and learning things from working in networks and understanding what I truly wanted in my own dream YouTuber studio. So I bought this house with the intention of building this studio. And then I hired contractors sure. to build it for me. And I gave them a lot of specs when it came to electrical and when it came to uh, flooring and insulation for sound a lot of considerations went into the building of it and it was a huge investment. So I'm very proud of myself. If you can't tell. <laughs> Quite right. Yeah. So, um, the listeners can't see it, but I can, and I can assure you it looks awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> you have to see the real set. It's amazing. So I, nice. I use um, Audio-Technica microphones as well as a lavalier. I use a Zoom H4n for separate audio recording. Um, I have a Sony a7R2 that I use with a really nice um, uh, wide aperture lens on it to get a really nice like bokeh effect whenever I'm recording on my main set. I also have a Sony ZV-1, which I'm currently using as a webcam. And I have nice. my own 
custom built computer that I use for editing. Um, so my process usually involves recording on the cameras, which are on tripods and they're in a stationary position, unless I'm going to a convention and I have to take them with me. So I record on my set and then I take everything over to my editing PC, which is right next door. And I copy all of my files onto there and copy them to my cloud backup to ensure that I don't lose anything. Because if I just recorded eight hours of video, I do not want to lose any of that content. No. If we lost power in this house no. or something that would, no. I would cry. No, no, no. Not good. <laughs> I would cry. That's not fun. That's not a fun day. Um, I use, um, and yeah, go oh, on. I use uh, Adobe Premiere Pro, like I had mentioned, for all of my video editing. And uh, one tool that I love and I recently, recently found is called Notion. I'm sure a lot of folks that are listening to this use Notion as well, but I love it. It's wonderful for task organization, uh, task listing, as well as scripting. So I use it for a lot of scripting as well. Huge, huge tool nice. for my, my content. Uh and what's the teleprompter tool you use? That is a free uh, website online that I tie in via HDMI to my computer. And it goes HDMI out onto a little monitor that is mirrored onto a display. And the, the physical hardware is called a Glide Gear. It's a Glide Gear teleprompter that I got off Amazon. Um, and that's a great example of trial and error. When I started with Hack 5, we had to build our own teleprompter out of like glass oh from Lowe's. To be honest, <laughs> if you hadn't bought your own bought your own one, I'd have been really disappointed <laughs> in you guys. Um, and where do you see, obviously the Mac Observer is an Apple focus site. We're, we're all interested in the rivals and all that kind of thing. But Apple prides itself on being a company that, ads and supports the creative community in all sorts of ways from independent creators to very high-end movie studios um where do apple products fit in your kind of media creation space uh the main focus is mobile i'm i love my iphone 12 uh i use it every single day for content creation, especially on social platforms. I've found that since a lot of platforms are now distributing video content and really making video content algorithmically friendly and promoting that content in their feeds, I've been using it constantly to record little snippets of what I'm doing on set. And then I'll create separate videos using uh, a Premiere Rush on my, on my iPhone it exports the videos so quickly and I can create these like little 4k YouTube shorts or TikToks or whatever I need and upload those to pr promote my YouTube videos, uh, which are created on my, on my home computer. So that has really helped me, um, with, I guess, consistency is a huge part of having the iPhone with me and the photography has been absolutely gorgeous with this thing. So I can take like thumbnails on my iPhone and nobody even notices that it was a phone. <laughs> yeah. That it's a phone, not a DSLR or something. Is, is it purely a camera thing that the phone works for you? It's because that, obviously, you know, it's the, battery. the software and stuff obviously works on, ah, uh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Battery is a huge one. Uh, the battery lasts all day. Um, for example, I didn't charge it on Saturday night. And then I went out with a friend to a botanical garden to do some photography tests and it lasted me all day on Sunday as well. So I was very happy with that. So battery is huge. And the speed, um, I mentioned exporting 4k videos for social media. 
And it does that so fast. And I feel like those are examples of things that I didn't have five, five years ago. It would take, you know, 10 minutes to export a 4K video. Nowadays, it's so quick. So it's been a huge, huge uh, example of something that's brought some peace of mind when it comes to just creating content quickly and efficiently. Yeah. No, I can see that you've got the kind of ever improving Apple's chips in these devices. The cameras seem to be an increasingly big focus because it's what consumers of all kinds notice. Whether the, you know, I know from jumping from, I jumped from a 10R to a 12 Pro and the imagery, I thought the camera on the 10, the 10R was good. And then suddenly you start taking video and whatever on a on a 12 pro and suddenly it looks like it's you know it's a totally different level so i i can really see what you're saying and like i've shot stuff for um the mac observers youtube channel using using that 12 pro because you know you get very good 4k video out of it um what have we got to look forward to coming from you and what's coming next what should we be subscribing to your channel to watch Well, since I finished this studio, I've been, I'm kind of in the middle of my process of sharing a series of videos showing start to finish how this space looked when it was a completely unfinished, like dirty basement with concrete on the floor to what it is now. And I'm going to be reviewing a lot of the products that I use day to day and showing people a day in the life video of how I create my content and how I actually go through an actual day in the life of creating everything and publishing it. Often people ask me, how do you make like six videos per week? Because I usually can make up to six or seven videos per week, which is insane, but I do it because I need to. Because that's that's giving me a bit of a panic attack. (laughs) That's my job. So I want to show people what what that entails because you see so many folks say, oh, YouTube isn't a real job or YouTube, nah. That's not that's not a real career. Like, what do you actually well, do? Turns out, takes well, up quite a lot of time. It do, it really does. So, I want to share what it feels like to work in a studio, and I think that creating this basement studio dream series uh, is a big portion of that. So, I'm really excited to share that. No, I look forward to watching that. And how do you? What's your? Uh, this sounds a funny way of phrasing it, actually, but. The kind of relationship with the algorithm, the one thing that I think a lot of independent creators have, uh, the kind of the big fear, is that they can be doing well and then something that YouTube or TikTok or Facebook via Instagram, and, in- and Instagram, which it owns, can change one thing and suddenly your stuff is much harder to find. How do you kind of balance that? And what are the other kind of tools you use for, for let's put it bluntly, for making money? Uh, diversification. That's one word answer, diversification. I use a lot of different tools and a lot of different sites and um, I guess websites that are available to users as well as myself to monetize what I do, uh, which has helped me create a full-time job out of this. I use Buy Me a Coffee, which allows people to just you know, yeah. have a little tip jar that they can send me money to. And my thing is, I love to be caffeinated while I'm recording. So it works out quite well. Important. Very important. Patreon has been a very big part of my ability to go independent because I do have a very uh, loyal and engaged audience of folks that enjoy my content. So they've, they get access to a lot of really cool perks on Patreon. And that has definitely helped a lot. 
sponsorships, affiliate links. A lot of what you hear from many other content creators is what I use as well. Um, and like merchandise sales, really it comes down to, and I've experienced these YouTube changes in the algorithm many times over the course of the 13 years that I've been on the platform. Many, I many times. I did see times. a little panic and a bit of yeah. PTSD come through when I mentioned it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's happened many times. So the first few times that happened, I learned very quickly, okay, I need to diversify, make sure that my audience can still find me no matter what platform I might be on. And that way they can be ensured to still have this content. Um, since I make tutorial and security and privacy related content, I feel it's important to keep that information flowing no matter what platform I use. YouTube may be the first one, but every other platform is important to me as well. And I try to diversify as much as possible. Well, it's been absolutely fascinating to hear about the process and kind of get a really in-depth perspective on this side of the media and media creation. So you better tell us where we can find it. All. Oh, of course. <laughs> uh, if you want to follow me for day-to-day -day shenanigans, twitter.com slash snubs, S-N-U-B-S. And YouTube is my main platform. However, you can find me everywhere else. Uh, YouTube.com slash Shannon Morse, just like my name is spelled. And that is Morse like Morse code. Awesome. Well, definitely be checking out. I'm looking forward to the rest of the series on uh, building the studio. That'll be good. And I'm glad you got to give an insight in, uh, into that process over here on Media Plus. Thank you so much for joining me, Shannon. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.